0: <laughs> yes.
1: yes. But like the comparison like with me and some people. You know, so uh, that'd be something neat to see, you know, the Harris uh, the pirates playing in, in Warriors sport wasn't a a.
0: welcome to the Non Not- Sports Podcast, episode forty seven, the Homeless Sports Talk for everyone. I'm David. I'm Jason. Welcome aboard. So a lot of a lot of big baseball news has happened so far this uh, this week alone with uh, the Phillies getting rid of uh, Joe Girardi as of uh, June 3rd and Joe Madden
1: gone as of June 7th. Yeah. Heads are rolling. Uh, this, yeah, this, mean, the last two weeks here in baseball. I mean, how can you have two teams with the amount of talent as the angels and the Phils and underperform as, as much as you are. I mean, and, and this speaks volumes for the AL West that the angels could have a 14 game losing streak and stay in second place. Um, but still that's a 14 game losing streak you have with gener- two generational talents on your roster. The Phils never seem to really get going this season. Um, well, it just seems especially to be a thing especially after doling out two big contracts to Castellanos and Schwarber. It just seemed like they, they just couldn't get out of the gate uh, and they went a really long losing streak too. Um, and it's pretty, I mean, I I'm a Phillies fan. Everyone listening knows that. Um, and I, I mentioned this on the Philly baseball together pod, uh, that it was a little bittersweet because when Joe got hired at the end of the 2019 season, there was a lot of hope. There was a lot of trust. We kind of thought that this was the guy who was going to make it happen for the Phils. Like he was that missing puzzle piece. And then by the end we were, I've mean, I even said to you, like they just need to do something. They need to get rid of him. Something has to happen. Um,
0: well, the thing was though, from everything I've heard uh, about, about Joe Girardi was that he takes, he makes the players accountable. But it just seems like the more it went on, the less that's happened. And I've had uh, a guy at work, he said the same thing. And it's like, it just stopped happening. It just all of a sudden now, like you, know, like you said, he was supposed to, you know, be that guy to take us to the next, you know, to take the Phillies to the next level. But once again, falling short,
1: way so this short. Is, so this is something that, that Tori and I talked about. Um, so anyone who might've listened to that, it might be a little redundant to them, but our audience is a little bit wider than the Philly baseball together pod. Um, we, we look at Girardi as a top level manager, but we need to remember that Girardi inherited Joe Torre's team. He inherited a Yankees team that, you know, you had guys that were already on there for 10 plus years by the time Girardi got on the team as the manager. So, I mean, there are actually guys on the team that he played with when they won the world series. Like he inherited an already good team he was inheriting a mess with the fills so
0: is that we're going to call that one a mess
1: that's what we're going to call it yeah okay. so we <laughs> is he was he really a good manager or did he just happen to be in the right place at the right time with the yankees um he he was never under 500 as a yankees manager um he only had one season, just barely, he had two seasons, just barely over 500. Um, I don't know. Now, now, now I, f- there, I feel bad for the guy. I, I legitimately feel bad for the guy.
0: Here would be the perfect test to see how good a manager actually is. Have a manage the fills for a season, see how you do. Because of the, of the, well, do you want to call it a dumpster fire?
1: Um, For when he for when
0: he first came in,
1: I think the phrase I've been using is uh, the Phils are a Frankenstein's monster
0: because
2: they're
1: trying to cobble pieces together to create a a good team. (laughs) Um, And here's the thing. The Phils have the talent. They have the talent to be a very good team defensively. There's going to be some struggles, but we haven't seen a lot of those since they've been winning, which goes back to something that Charlie Manuel had said uh, leading up to this season where when a team's winning, they don't have time to think about their defensive struggles. They're just playing the game when they're not winning. All they're focusing on is the struggles, and that's making it worse. So his whole theory is when they're winning, they're playing better. You're not going to see those struggles. You're only going to see those struggles when they're losing because they're focusing on them. I can see that. And this team looks better. They seem looser. And I honestly think Girardi lost the team at some point. Yeah, I agree with that. because and it had to have been it, some point in between the first week of the season and spring training.
0: It just seems like they just stopped responding to them all of a sudden. It's just like, okay, now we're done.
1: It's basically what it seemed like. And you could see it in their body length. Like it wasn't even something as as a a regular viewer of the games, I even noticed until after the fact. Like you go back and you look at some of these clips, and this isn't a confident it wasn't a confident team. They weren't carrying themselves like they're the players that they are. It it just they just didn't look like they didn't want to be there. And now he's gone, and this is a whole other team. They have, dare I say, there's some swagger, there's confidence. Um, and I think Bryce had a really good point uh, when he was talking about Bryce and Stott. He's like, it's giving you got to give the young guys time to play to see what they can do, almost hinting that maybe Girardi was holding some of these players back. And I mean, I think they've been rewarded. Bohm's gotten better. Stots getting really good. Um,
3: well, and these young walk-out. guys are
1: just gonna and 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 look at who they're surrounded by. They're surrounded by multi-time all-stars in in Bryce and Schwarber Schwarber's a World Series champion. Castellanos is a big name. You got a guy like J2, JT, who might be struggling at the plate this year, but he's still a, an elite defender as a catcher. You have a lot of baseball knowledge in that locker room. And these guys are gonna gonna get better. I th- I would say just from being around it. Um,
0: yeah, I agree. Yeah, you know, because if well, like you said, if he if he was holding back a lot of the talent that we're seeing, we're starting to see. Then yeah, that's why the Phillies would be <laughs> down the dumps at that time. You know, during his reign. You know, or I should say during his era, because he's not letting like you said bring that talent up. Because who knows. We could have you know somebody coming up being called up could just be that player that just kind of sparks the team into doing great.
1: Right. And you don't know. And that's that's any sport, sadly. You don't know who it the is next any sport, player yeah. Is that could could spark something. Now with with Joe Madden, I would say, and, and this kind of ties in with Girardi, I think not every manager can come back at a certain age and still be effective. Not everyone is a Dusty Baker. (laughs) Not everyone is a Buck Showalter. Uh, Showalter's having a great season with the Mets right now. Um, And I think he kind of got a raw deal at the end there with the O's, but that's a whole other topic for later in the episode. Um, (laughs) I, I just wonder maybe if Madden's time has passed. And the same with maybe Girardi. Maybe that. Maybe unfortunately, their time has passed, and it's time for them to move on from the game.
0: Um. I mean, well, since I mean, since Girardi is being let go, I mean, the Phillies just finished and so far an eight-game winning streak, just getting back to 500. Woo 500. That's I know, right? Hey, at this point for the Phillies, that's a looking up. At this point. And the Angels had their fourteen-game losing streak snapped. <laughs>
1: they did. Um, Fourteen games. That's. Oh. it's got to be. Uh, I, we always joke that it's tough to be a Phillies fan. It's got to be really tough to be an Angels fan. To have, have Otani, to have, to have Trout, and to have nothing to show for it.
0: Well, it's just like how we said before in the show, all that talent, like you know, like in hockey with the Rangers in the '90s, you had Gretzky, Yager, Lindros, and still couldn't bring home a Stanley Cup.
1: Well, I would say I would use that comparison more for the Phils than I would the Angels, because well, either way, Trout I mean, came up in their farm system. The Phils bought Bryce, they bought yeah. Castellanos, they oh, bought JT, though, they bought. It's the
0: same concept, though. I mean. You have all these players and still couldn't bring anything home. So,
1: yeah. So know, only I, one team has a winning streak longer than the Phils right now, and it is the Atlanta Braves, the team that they have to try and surpass to get into second place.
0: Only by one. Yeah, you know, they won nine. Philly's just won eight. But the I thing is, though,
1: up a, a wild card yet.
0: But the thing is, though, I mean, it's okay. Phillies just hit 500. The Braves are only, what, five games up? Yeah, you know, f- five games over 500? Yeah. So, I mean, it could easily happen. I mean, a team, you know, the streaks go, you know, either way. Like the Mets just have a, you know, they have a two game losing streak now. So, who knows what's going to happen at this point. But with like you said, will both players find find somewhere else to to go to, who knows. Should they hang it up? Have they passed their primes? That's a
1: very uh, good I'm question. I'm just saying it seems like those two the two of them specifically, the two Joes maybe aren't as effective as they used to be. Well, and, and, like you said,
0: once and, one inherited team, the other one, you know, when he was with, the, you know, when when Girardi was with the Yankees, he inherited the team. Right. Where where here but he, he actually had, had advantage.
1: He, but let, but we have to acknowledge that he did have to do something to get them to that World Series because they only won one under him.
0: Yeah.
1: And you know Madden, he did wonders with the Rays. Because he was the he was the guy managing the race against the Phils in 08. Mm-hmm. He won a World Series with the, the Cubbies. Um and and Joe, both Joes were were two of the first ones to really um take an interest and in accept um analytics as part of their managerial abilities. Um, with the belief is that sometimes both of them rely on it too much. Um and that could be a big reason why they're They're not doing so well anymore because I think I'm of the thought that analytics are all well and good, but you can't be all analytical in baseball. Baseball is so much well played from the gut as well as it is a numbers thing. And I think we let some managers let the numbers do everything and they forget about the gut, the internal what's the word I'm looking for here. Um, Just instinct. Instinct knowing how to how to do certain things just on instinct yeah who cares about a launch angle put the ball into the gap and get someone on on the to first or stretch it out to a double and bring someone home from third it's more about oh we you need to hit it in this spot here because that's gonna just hit the ball put the ball in play get someone on base yeah because i I know too much that's forgotten about
0: well because i know the other night when i was watching the game you just want you know, I think it was bases were loaded. I, I, I'm, I forget if the bases were loaded or two were on. And it's like, okay, just one good hit, just one good hit into the gap that'll bring home at least one, possibly two. You know, that, that's what was going through my mind. I mean, yes, everybody wants to see these home runs and all that, but you got to play smart.
1: Well, and I mean, here's my thing Bryce had a great night tonight, and he didn't hit a single home run. But he got on base and he moved runners by putting the ball in play.
0: And that's and that's the big thing, because once you start moving runners, runs will score.
1: And and to me, me personally, I like home runs as much as the next guy. But baseball to me is more exciting when people are stealing bases, people are bunting. You know, small ball is more exciting to me than hitting than seeing someone just crank dingers all night. I will
0: agree with you on that one. I will definitely agree with you on that one, just because you see these plays that like, you know, like the play at the plate. Or a steal that that was close of, you know, safer out, you know,
1: just one of those things to where it's like, eh, did he get it? And base running is such an exciting skill to watch. Because it's more than just trotting the bases. If you're an, an elite base runner, you can swipe a bag every game. Or two. We saw it with Rollins. You know, fans in the 80s saw it with Ricky Henderson. It's a skill that's being lost because they're relying too much on, on analytics and the long ball.
0: Just but put the ball in I'm play off, and.
1: I'm off my soapbox. Sorry. Everyone. No,
0: you're not. <laughs> we still have a second period to go yet. I know. <laughs> and that I think is going to be even a bigger soapbox.
1: I, uh, anyway. we'll get to that in the second period
0: oh that's funny that is funny but yeah I mean with I mean so far Village are doing great Angels seem to got off their losing streak so who knows what will happen from here so on that note that would be the end of uh, the first period
1: Hey, we'll be real, right back. real quick here oh. before we go to the break. Uh, the game for game for the NBA finals, it is currently 81-79. The Celtics with 11 minutes in the game to go. Oh.
3: This yes, is dated
1: information by the time everyone's listening, but I felt pertinent to, to say it here. So after then we can go to the break now. <laughs>
0: There you go. We'll do that again.
1: We'll be right back. For listeners of the non there sports podcast, if you visit fansidea.com and use the code NASPOD, N-A-S-P-O-D, at checkout, you will get 10% off your order. Fansidea.com is the place to go for custom-made jerseys, hoodies, shirts, and other gear. The perfect product with perfect stitching, perfect sublimation, and perfect embroidery. 100% handmade and delivered on time. That's certainty, and it's their promise to you, the customer. Again, use the code NASPOD, N-A-S-P-O-D, at checkout for 10% off your order. As you can see if you're watching this on YouTube, I got my NASPOD sublimated t-shirt on. David's rocking his Flyers-inspired NASPOD hand-stitched hockey jersey. After seeing it in person is absolutely amazing looking. Um, But go to fansidea.com to place your order today.
3: Baseball fans check out the baseball together podcast your hosts blackjack brad and kansas city little big broogie blue eyes present new episodes for the entire baseball family every tuesday available on all your favorite podcast apps and youtube come join our baseball family where we do baseball together
2: if you're looking for a podcasting channel with lots of shows in one spot look no further than ckcc radio I'm Chris O'Mealy, the Commissioner of CKCC Radio, and I'd like to tell you about some of the great shows you can listen to when you subscribe to our channel. You can check out The Nerd Table with myself and my co-hosts Eric and Dan as we review all kinds of nerdy topics on a weekly basis. You can also check out two shows by Jeff Trellowitz, the Ranking Tracks podcast and the Real Paranormal Talk podcast where Jeff ranks songs on the album that he reviews and also talks about his real-life paranormal investigations while talking about famous stories as well. You can check out the Race Nerd podcast with Matt Hardman as he reviews all of the racing events of the past week Check out J Bunny's Music Hub, where Jason Chin interviews various artists throughout the music industry and plays samples of their songs with their permission. Check out the A Show and By the Numbers. Matt Derline, professional wrestling referee, hosts By the Numbers as he interviews wrestlers in matches that he himself has personally been the referee for. And on the A Show, him and Chris Decker team up to draft rosters with special guests from various years in wrestling promotions. There's also the Board to Death Binge Cast, where the Board to Death Clan reviews easy-to-digestible chunks of television shows and movies for your enjoyment. There's also tons of other great shows, but there's too many to talk about here. So you'll just have to check out CKCC Radio at ckccradio.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
0: Welcome back to the second period. Now, this one Jason sent me earlier today, which definitely, definitely... Uh, definitely would give a good discussion on. And of course it's about the lovely Orioles that Jason loves so much. That
1: I, I this, think we need to, that is not the narrative I went out there. Cause it's, I, I, I know <laughs> I want those fans to have better. It's not that I, I hate the Orioles. It's no, it's the management you hate. Well, I, I think based on what I, uh, what I sent you today, I think we got some insight onto this whole situation. Um, so the article we're talking about is on The Athletic, and I understand uh, that The Athletic is a pay site, so I understand that some of you may not have a membership and, and can access it. So that's why we're going to talk about it tonight. Um, and the fact that it's an interesting
0: an interesting article to come out of it, uh, I, I never would have thought something like this would be – you know would be happening but being it's the orioles for management wise i mean <laughs> definitely uh yeah. definitely interesting so so the, son of the so the son of the orioles owner the son of the of the orioles owner sue's family over the control of the team
1: Yeah. so what's and, going on is is peter angelos is the current owner he bought the team back in 93 um He's had some really bad health issues over the past couple years. And Lewis is suing his older brother John and his mother, Georgia, stating that they um, have taken control of the team against the father's wishes as his health declined. Um, and he's stating that John did so by manipulating their mother, who was eighty years old. um and the belief and so this to me when i read the article and i don't know what you thought when you read it it sounds like major league john <laughs> is is not putting out a good team with the goal to potentially move the os to nashville tennessee where he lives now in major league the ex-showgirl wife of the former owner was trying to put the worst team out on the field to move the team to Florida, where she lived.
0: Yeah, <laughs> this is like you said. Yeah, this is definitely a major league. You know what? You know what the funny part is when you said major league and started describing was like holy crap yes this is this is major league through through. i did not put the connection together till now
1: oh as soon as i'm reading like this sounds like major league like well i was
0: reading the article and i just never put major league with it until you start saying it's like holy crap it is major league holy crap (laughs) just a bit outside too high
1: Now, and here's another thing that, to me, that's in the article that goes to that whole concept. The Orioles were the only team to decline in value last year. Which means two seasons ago, they were worth more than they were last year.
0: Interesting. Uh, Yeah, this is going to be an interesting thing on how how they're going to do this because with the lawsuits and everything, this, I mean, don't get me wrong. The lawsuits can take who knows how long to go through everything,
1: especially with the amount of money and what's involved in this situation. Yeah. I mean, it could be a couple of years
0: before we see anything come out of this,
1: but the fact that
0: the fact that this is actually happening, how people, how a family is basically fighting over a team one wanting to stay one way in the move is definitely, uh, definitely something that you don't normally see or hear about. Yeah. And the fact that they want to move to Tennessee, or I should say potentially move to Tennessee and all this, I don't know how that would be for, because it's been Baltimore Orioles for how long, <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, the belief is that they can't – that that Major League Baseball does not want to get rid of a team in Baltimore. They want to keep a team in Baltimore. They want to keep Camden Yards, but they do want to get rid of the Angelos family. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty sad when MLB wants to get rid of
0: the ownership of a team. That is pretty bad.
1: Um, and, and here's the thing. It even says in the article – that Commissioner Man Clown uh, has said that multiple times that Baltimore remains a valuable big league city, and Camden Yards is an is an unquestioned jewel of the sport. So MLB values the O's and and Camden Yards specifically more than they value the ownership. Um,
0: well, like you always said, the the management of the Orioles has always been a problem and management starts at the top right and if this is happening at the top then i you can only imagine what the inside you know trickling down through how that is
1: right i mean best case scenario for the fans the angeles family is forced to sell the club to someone else that's the the best case scenario for the fans, and and maybe that can turn things around and they're no longer a last place team. Uh, thankfully for them, they have more wins than both the Reds in the NL and the Royals in the AL. So they're not the worst team in baseball. Yay! Um, so that's a plus. Um, what I thought was really interesting in the article is... Um, the writer made a point to put to near the end of the article at the bottom of the, the, the story that folks close to the family always thought there was a prodigal son parable within the family that John, the one who currently has control of the, of the team, even though he always left and would come back, he was always given a, he was always given a job out of loyalty. Whereas Lewis, the one who's suing him was the quiet one. The one who always worked harder And just never got his fair shake. So it definitely seems like John is playing upon the fact that he's kind of the favorite and Lewis wasn't. And Lewis is like, well, you're messing things up for our family.
0: Yeah, it's definitely what it sounds like. And like you said, maybe a new ownership, just sell the team and be done with it at this point. just. Get different management in there, different ownership, and that could possibly turn, like you said, turn the t- turn the tides for the team.
1: And I would say at this point, with the team playing so bad, Peter's ninety two. You know, take the two million, two billion dollars, cut your losses, and let someone new buy the team and and shake things up.
0: Oh darn, two billion dollars. Oh no, that's too. Oh, I, I believe I oh.
1: said in. Ugh. In the baseball together fantasy league chat today, I said, uh, "How fast can we raise funds?" <laughs> I got a quarter. <laughs> hey, a quarter is all it took to start grew to go to the moon and despicable me. Right? <laughs> I love I love despicable me. That first one's tremendous. Um
0: well, of course, it's the first one. First ones are normally the best.
1: But uh, it's just I I think these fans need this family needs to get away from baseball for the sake of the team and the fans.
0: Yeah, especially with this much drama. I mean, think how this is playing out now throughout the whole throughout the whole management. Like we were just saying, it trickles down from the top, how it's getting down to the players now of a possible sale. Some of them might be pretty happy. Well, some might be pretty happy, but the possible sale could, yes, of course, MLB wanting well, wanting Baltimore to stay, but will that actually happen if the sale goes through? Because that other team or the other owner could move them. For all we know, right? I mean, you know, like I said earlier, you know, this whole thing could take a couple of years just to be sorted out with the courts.
1: Especially, I would say this: if if I'm coming in as a new owner, I there's two guys I'm keeping on that team. I'm not moving them anywhere. They're staying where they are. I'm keeping uh, Cedric Mullins and I'm keeping Ryan Mountcastle. They they're young. They got talent. You can build around them. They're also on my fantasy team and doing extremely well for me this year. But I
0: was going to say, there should be a reason behind this.
1: <laughs> but they're both but they're both really good at what they do.
0: Yeah, this is definitely, like I said, it, it's something O's, you normally do O's fans, I feel see. bad
1: for you. I, oh, I, 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 it's not a feel bad for you where I look down on you or I pity you. I do. I genuinely feel bad because the O's... Have been a storied franchise. they've They've been a beloved franchise. You, you guys deserve better. You do, well, and it's 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 why I get frustrated with well, seeing like you, the O's do bad.
0: Well, like you always said, you never hated the team. You just hated the management. Ownership. I hate the ownership. Well, you know what I mean. Same concept at this point.
1: <laughs> them and the Pirates, they deserve much better than they got. The Pirates the Pirates.
0: But no, this is definitely, definitely a big shake for MLB and the Orioles
1: at this point. Yeah, we're going to have to watch how that plays out because I, I think it's going to get more interesting before it's over.
0: Yeah, and of course, now I might have to get the athletic now just to see how this plays through. Thanks, Jason.
1: And you can <laughs> customize it to the teams you like, so... You, you'll get the top stories, and then you'll get, like, I get Phillies news. I get Penn State, Nittany Lions football news, and general MLB stuff. So so you can gear it towards what you like.
0: So, yeah, sons of uh, the Orioles' owners, Sue, and family over control of the team. Definitely something to look out for. I'm surprised this hasn't hit, like, ESPN news or something like that on a lot of the articles. But, hey, you never know. It could hit tomorrow for all we know. That's why you pay for the athletic. There you go. First hand <laughs> news. So on that note, that's the end of the second.
1: We'll be right back. For listeners of the non-letter sports podcast, our friends at baseball together want you to check out their shop at nine plus us.com At nine plus us.com. You can check out their shop and you can use the code NASPOD N A S P O D. For 15% off your first order. You go on their website. You can check out their multiple designs. David is wearing the very popular pirate baseball hat. They also got it in a t-shirt. I believe they have it in a hoodie. I got the classic logo on. Nine plus us. Um, They also have the perfect collection. Uh, They have the Jackie Robinson collection. Those hats are spectacular, by the way. I need to get me one of them. But either way. Go to 9plusus.com, use checkout code NASPOD for 15% off your order.
3: Greetings, wrestling fans. My name is Peter DeLong, and if you're looking for quick, easily digestible nuggets of pro wrestling goodness in an episodic format, look no further than Wrestling Shorts with Peter DeLong on YouTube. Join me as I highlight different wrestlers or promotions worthy of your attention. Each episode features wrestlers, teams, and stables that deserve the spotlight, upcoming events in your local independent wrestling scene, or anything else interesting in the world of independent wrestling. Listen in as I run down the must-know info to get you familiar with our subject du jour, and then sit back and enjoy a related match featuring delectable custom commentary by yours truly including some exclusive footage you won't be able to find anywhere else. Get your wrestling fix in bite-sized episodes with Wrestling Shorts with Peter DeLong. If you have personal footage, an upcoming event, or a product in general that could benefit from being featured on Wrestling Shorts with Peter DeLong, feel free to shoot me a message at PeterDeLongTalks at gmail.com, Peter DeLong on Facebook, or Twitter at DE underscore Talks. Do you have a YouTube channel? Check out All Things YouTube. That's hosted by me, Matt Haas. I'll show you how to make searchable videos people actually watch. That's the key. Hey look, we live in an amazing time. If you have something to say, you could reach a worldwide audience. A worldwide audience and all you need is consumer level gear and good on camera presence. You don't need anyone's permission. The strategies and techniques you'll learn don't cost extra money and they don't even take extra time. You just have to do things right. I'll show you how. Plus, all my stuff is free. The best place to start is to point your browser to allthingsyoutube.com.
0: Welcome back for a third here. Now, Jason brought up something interesting and yeah, we need to t- we need to have this for the third cuz this could be a really good discussion.
1: Well, it ties into our first period, too.
0: Exactly. So the question is, is it the coach or the players that actually, that perceived to win games or championships? And that's a double-edged sword for me. Because some coaches, yeah, they may be good coaches, and to give response you know, for the players to respond to, but the players have to respond to them. Um,
1: I think we got to talk about the team that, well, the the person who inspired this this topic. Um, And the original question that we're kind of riffing off of was, was it Phil Jackson or was it the players? And my thought is, no matter how good those Bulls teams were, I don't I think if they didn't have Phil Jackson they wouldn't have been as good cuz he seemed to be the the person who could tie them all together whereas before before Phil it was the Michael Jordan show but when Phil got there he changed he changed the locker room it became it became it was still the Jordan show but it was the Jordan and Pippen show And then it became the Jordan Pippen, Horace Grant, and Steve Kerr show. Like, he never – he made them a team. His influence made them a team, not just an individual with people backing him up. Good coaches and managers do that. They can create a team by bringing them together somehow. Well, yeah, look at – well, look at –
0: Oh, I'm drawing a blank here. Herb Brooks, 1980, U.S. hockey team. Yeah, bunch of college kids who played on rivalry, on rivalry teams, and look what he did. Yeah, that's a good example right there of players. You know, is it the coach or is it the players?
1: Right, and I and I, I think it's. I I don't think you can have one without the other. I don't think. The players can do it solely just on their own, because at the end of the day, a coach or a manager provides guidance. Yeah, but even the best players can learn something from their coach or manager.
0: Yeah, but the best player has to want to learn something, because that's the thing, because if you have players that are a very high caliber who, hey, I'm so and so. Nobody's gonna know I'm not gonna listen to you. I'm just gonna go play my game. I'm the right. best there is. You gotta have that player who wants to mm-hmm. learn more, not just, hey, I'm good, how do I become better?
1: Well, I mean, it's, you're always gonna have high priced talent who might be full of, of themselves. themselves. Yeah. Um but like to me, the best example, and and, and I'm a homer for saying this, it's the OA fills. And one thing if you ever Watched their reunion that they did during COVID on Zoom that aired on uh, NBC Sports Philly is they all kept repeating, we wanted to do it for Charlie. Yeah, we want to do it for ourselves, but we wanted to do it for Charlie more. That is something Chase Utley always says when he when he talks about 2008 is that the team wanted to do it for Charlie. Do you if, if they have another manager, do you think they feel that same way? He connected with those guys and provided a spark for them that everyone benefited from on that team from well, his guidance. At, well, look at hockey
0: with Scotty Bowman. You know, he was a hell of a coach even you know when he was with the wings and all that. I mean, he, he's won himself. Oh, how many Stanley Cups? Now I'm drawing a blank here.
1: Well, I mean, football wise, I mean, Look at Mike Tomlin, how he was able to come in, fill Bill Cowher's shoes and get that team united to succeed and win Super Bowls. Yeah. And then conversely, look at um, uh, what was his name for the Cowboys? Uh, The redheaded guy. He couldn't do anything in in Dallas and he had Garrett players. Yes. Jason Garrett. He had talent in Dallas and couldn't do anything with them. Yeah. So talent players talent alone, isn't going to going to win championships. I think it's the combination of talent and leadership from a coach or manager that makes the perfect situation to win a championship. Yeah. Uh, Scotty Bowman has nine Stanley cups. Okay.
0: So he won one, two, three, he out of nine appearances, with the Red Wings, he has three cups. Two appearances with two playoff appearances with the Penguins, he has one. Let's see here with Montreal, eight appearances, five cups. So you know, you know, you know yourself. I- Hockey is always that sport of
1: of you know of inches and i would put it this way i mean growing up did you respond to the coach who was a good leader and nurtured talent or did you respond to the coach that was just kind of a shithead boob (laughs) way to put it uh I
0: think the for me it was the coach that pushed me the most. Because I was never a big well, player. I was never like I was never when when I played Little League, I was never a home run hitter. I was never But
1: that. let me ask let, let me ask you this. When you say push, do you mean put you in situations to make you a better player or just constantly yelled at you until you became better? This is how I would word it. I've had both ways.
0: I remembered one time, I mean how I remember this, I have no idea. I remember trying to steal second, I got picked.
3: That I remember
0: happens. Yeah. I mean and and I I thought it was a, you know, that the ball was back enough, I guess, to to you know, to try it and yeah, I got I got caught. And I remember standing out in the field and just getting yelled at. By the coach, that the people in the stands could hear it.
1: See, to me, that's not a coach. That's just an
0: A. You know, then I've had Uh coaches to where, (laughs) hey, nice try. You'll get them next time. Which for those coaches, yeah, you will respond to because they're like, hey, listen, yeah, you got picked. Okay, let's try it next. You know, you know, you know, next time you just got to pick your spot better. Yeah. You know, you got to look at it this way. So I've had
1: both. I've dealt with both sides of the coaches on that. I have to I mean, heck, my senior year of soccer, I I had both because we had the ranting, raving coach who got fired. And then we had the coach who's been with them since then and has taken them to districts and states who was more of the kind of coach who nurtured talent said, "I, I know what you can do. Let's work on that and build from that, whereas the other one was like, you guys suck. You're not going to amount to anything. I don't know why I'm doing this. You're living in the school illegally, so I wouldn't be saying <laughs> too much to any of us. <laughs> right? I, I I think good coaches push their players in a way that gets the most out of them in a positive form. I mean, there's one thing to push a, to push a player –
0: to become better. There's another player to push them to where he's like, I'm done. Well,
1: I, I, I think when you, when you, and I, I keep using this term, but I think when you nurture talent, you're unlocking their potential. And that's really what a good coach does. It, it, it gets their potential out.
0: You have to find that player to want that. That's the and thing I think, because some players just, <laughs> some players might be there just because, okay, I'm just want to be part of a team. You don't really want to do much. And some players back to, want to yeah. go do it. You know, some players going just want to go to, out and
1: have fun with it. So to Phil Jackson, Dennis Rodman had some of the best years of his career playing for Phil Jackson and Rodman was always considered a great rebounder, but a head case, he was still a head case. He was still a great rebounder, but he played his best under Phil Jackson. Now, once you say that that's because Phil was a great coach and could unlock his potential,
0: it could be a lot of things. Yeah, and that's then that could be a very big one right there too.
1: And I mean, and then look at his success he had after the Bulls with the Lakers. I mean, to get Kobe and Shaq to play well together and they can couldn't stand each other off the court, I'd say what might actually be the biggest indicator of how good of a coach he really was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you could make two players that hate each other the most and make them play well together, yeah, that's that, that that's a good coach. I'd say that.
1: <laughs> and I mean, we, I mean, just in this discussion alone, we've covered coaches and in, in each of the four big sports. Um, so I think we're aware of what makes a good coach. I think, again, I go back to you have to have the talent and the coach to make it happen.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I found someone from sports, sportingnews.com of the top, top 50 coaches. Now, this covers. <clears throat> between all the major sports and college even. And coming in at number one, John Wooden, college basketball, 10 NCAA championships, 664 wins. That's a lot of wins. That's definitely a lot of wins. Uh, <clears throat> it was the uh, UCLA is who we coached. Yep. So, having 10 titles... 48 as, to 75. So, uh, Vince Lombardi was uh, is on this list at 105 wins, five championships.
1: Now, the only person who I think flies in the face of this argument is Belichick. Bel- yeah, that's... Because we <laughs> saw his his star player leave
0: Move.
3: and go with win his... his
1: tight end and do well away from him and his his system the first year hey they made the pl- they they were in a playoff spot this year they tried they got f- they i mean they were in contention let's not act like they weren't they didn't yeah. like go from first to worst they they were in contention
0: but no, when, you know, yeah, in that case of Belichick, people always say, is it Belichick or is it Brady? Well, Brady just proved it that it was him because he went to Tampa and wins the Super Bowl.
1: I think that, but I think genuinely that's the exception, not the rule. I think the rule is you have to have the combination.
0: He's one of those rare players that did that because there's some players that, they leave, and they'd never seen anything again.
1: I mean, let me let's be honest. Jordan came back and played for the Wizards, and no one cared. And no one even talks about Jordan as a wizard because it wasn't good. No one talks about Jordan playing baseball. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you watch Jordan rides the bus on ESPN plus thirty for thirty, the belief was that there wouldn't have been a strike. He was probably going to play in the majors just based on his work ethic alone. It's fun to make fun of it, but the truth is he was going to make it happen just based on I mean, You weren't going to outwork Jordan, no matter what the sport was.
0: Well, he's one of those guys that his work ethic always showed on, on and off the court. He wanted to become the best and he would do what it takes to become the best. Right. So whether or not you try to outdo him, good luck. Cause he's one of those players that hey, I'm the best. I'm gonna make it happen one way or another. Whether I have to spend long time, you know, in the batting cages or be the last one well, that, off the court.
1: Well, that's what they said in on that thirty for thirty is that he would be in the batting cages or he would be taking fielding practice like maybe up until an hour before game time, even he was still playing the game. And then after the game, he would do more batting practice or more fielding practice because he was not going to accept not anything less than being good. And that's how he is. That's
0: how his work ethic is. And he just pushes himself to a point to where he is the best. Yeah. I mean,
1: but again, I go back to, they didn't win championships in, in Chicago with him until Phil Jackson. So maybe he was the, what took them over the top.
0: So Phil Jackson just kind of gave that little nudge to him and just said, hey, this is what you got to do.
1: And I, I go back to, I mean, the Yankees with Joe Torrey. He's the one that that put him over the hump. Charlie with the Phils put him over the hump. It takes
3: you it takes can have the talent, coach,
1: but if you don't have the right coach for that talent, it's not going to happen.
0: Let's see here. So, uh, I'm trying to remember who was the coach. Who's the coach of the Rangers in the 90s?
1: An unlucky man.
0: Pretty much. I don't know, 94, I think it was Mike Keene.
1: Yes, Mike Keane was the coach uh, right. for '94.
0: Yeah, because that's when they won the cup. '91 was Roger Nielsen. But yeah, I mean, certain coaches. I mean, after pretty much after that '94 season for them, they just kind of went. They got they had the talent, like you said, but not not enough to put together a another championship run. Right. Now, of course, this year. They're in the conference finals, but who knows how how that's going to run out? But yeah, no, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's a good conversation because who who knows what uh, you know certain coaches have it, certain coaches don't. Player, you know, certain the coach to player
1: relationship. Yeah, it has to be. I think it has to be the right circumstances. The chemistry has to be there. Basically, it, yes, it's all about exactly. the chemistry.
0: So. Let us know what you think of that. Let us know what what uh, if you think it's the player or the coach. Put it on Facebook. Put it on the on the YouTube channel when this goes up. Put put it in the comments. Put in the Twitter machine wherever you want to throw it out there. We'll respond. Absolutely. So on that note, that's the end of the third.
1: Fun times. Yeah. Um. So uh, you can catch me monthly on the Philly Baseball Together podcast with my co-host, Tori, who was at the game tonight. So you got to see them win. (laughs) I am sure he's very happy about that. Uh, Every month we discuss the goings on with the Phils for the prior month. uh, And you can listen to us either celebrate or complain about the team, depending on how the month goes. uh, And you can find the Philly Baseball Together podcast wherever you get your podcasts at. Uh, The A-Show is hosted by friend of the show, Matt, and his uh, co-host, Chris. That is a pro wrestling podcast where the two of them and a guest draft and book the best wrestling show within the parameters given for each show. And you can find The A-Show on CKCC Radio and wherever else you get your podcasts. Thank you for joining us for episode 47 of the None Other Sports Podcast. Uh, In the description of the show, you will find our link tree. Our link tree will take you to our Anchor page, our our website, our Facebook page, all social media accounts, and our YouTube page. Click on that. You, you know where to find us. Uh, you can find the non air Sports Podcast available for streaming or download at anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and wherever else you get your podca- podcasts. Please don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review, whether you listen to us, you download us, or you watch us. Let us know what you think. Give us a subscribe. Give us a like we need those things to know how we're giving you guys a good show. Um, but just put the comments out there and, and not the ones from Russia trying to sell porn, please. Yeah. Let's well, fight well, the bots. Let's, let's, fight let's, not the porn bots. <laughs> let's not have that. Let's not have that. Um, with that, I'm Jason. I'm David. And we will talk with you next time. Have a good one.
3: You have been listening to the, not another sports podcast. Thank you for your listenership.